Welcome to Chit Chat with Hope. Good night, good night, good night. I apologize, I didn't get a chance to make a podcast last week. So my apologies, but you can understand that life, life sometimes gets in the way, and um, my apology. Um, Anyway, I just want to... go today to a very important topic, and I know that um, not everyone personally um, feels this way about the particular topic, but um, I'm going to get into it. And the topic is that Regardless of where your child is on the spectrum, you can still have friends that their children are not on the spectrum or their children are on the spectrum and they're doing well. I spoke about this particular topic Um, in one of my earlier podcasts, and I'm going to say it again. We can't parent shame other parent because their child might be doing a little better than our children are doing academically in school. Or their children... Um, are very advanced in their life skills where they can come and go as they please, you know, go to the store, you know, cook, you know, have friends, maybe even have boyfriends or girlfriends. We can't make someone not want to celebrate around us. We can't exclude other parents because their children might be nonverbal or, you know, not able to sit still. No more than we should be able to exclude someone because their children is doing quite well. We can't get offended by you or I. We can't be offended by... You know, if someone says, oh, well, my child is meeting all their goals, we can't start getting enough feelings and start getting upset because everyone have the right to celebrate. I might not have, have anything to celebrate today. It doesn't mean that I should throw sand on your celebration that you have today. And I know it might be hard for some of us to get up and plan to, let's say, go to a graduation for someone that might have a child that is doing exceptionally well, and they decide that they're going to ask you to help them put the party together, or I to help them put the party together, but we're going to just say, no, I can't do it, I'm busy, just because the simple fact is, We're in our feelings thinking, well, I can't because my child is... We need to stop comparing our children with other people's children. If that particular child is doing well, God bless. If ours is not doing well, then, you know, we'll help our children as best as we can to meet that milestone. 
you know. Like I always said, there's always hope and never let go of hope. But we can't avoid other people because of our own circumstance. Nor can we make other people avoid us because they're afraid to talk about how well their children are doing or their child is doing. Or because we feel that, you know, their children are this or our children are that. We all, as a community, need to get to that place where it doesn't matter what that child can or cannot do. The fact is, whether you know it or not, the child has autism. No matter how well that child appears to carry on on the outside and go to school and have a job, dress themselves, have a good conversation, that child also struggles. That parent also struggles. So we need to stop thinking because someone, you know, is able to go to school, take the train, take the bus, go to the supermarket, have great conversation, text, you know, and do a ton of other things that if you didn't know, you just didn't know. And because your child doesn't fall in that category, say my child doesn't fall in that category then we are going to try to make that person feel uncomfortable? No. Every child, every single child on the spectrum struggles. Every child. Every mother that has a child with autism or dad, they struggle. They stay up at night may not be as much nights as some other people might stay up, but everyone stay up at night with a child with autism. Everyone. Every one of us stay up and wonder if we are not here, will our children be okay? Some of us even get tearful when we think of those thoughts. I do at times. You know, that was my little pity party. And I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. Because, you know, um, my son has great brothers. He has two. Especially the middle one. Because he's still at home. Even though he's busy working and doing everything that he wants to do in life. At this particular time, he's having a season of being blessed, you know, career-wise and personal, in his personal life, and um, I got really mushy, and I was thinking, God, if anything happens to me, will my son still feel that love, that particular love that I provide, no matter how much? His siblings love him. Will he get that love that I provide? And and I I got tearful, you know. And I and I was asking. So it's it. So um, my I'm gonna be honest with you. My son is doing well in school, but my son still struggles. My son still struggles. My son, I looked at his IEP today, and every 
one of the teachers and, and, and all of that, they all said, you know, he participates in class. He's constantly asking questions, answering questions. My son doesn't have any friends in school. But outside of the school, socially, he has no friends. But the school is like, that's his party. Because he get you know, doing well in school. But he doesn't have any friends, friends like that. He's going to be 17 years old. Um this month, and we're going to most likely go to a um, really nice restaurant in the city, me and his um, siblings and um, my grandson, and there's not going to be a friend there, and there have never been a friend, like, last year, uh, you know, like someone that you could say, you know, you can come and don't worry about the money, you know, whatever you want to eat, we're going to, it's just going to be us. So, I mean, for anyone that is out there that think, well, oh, well, well, you know, he's fine and he does this and he does that. My son has no friends. Any real friends? He talks to people, but he has no real friends. Like, he comes home and he's on the phone and I have to say, put the phone down and go do your homework. He doesn't have friends like that. On Saturdays and on the weekend, he, he's not going to the mall or doing any of those stuff. So I want, you know, I, I'm just trying to let you know that let parents in your life, whether whatever level your child is or whatever level their child is, okay? I'm not going to say are. I'm going to say is presently, now, whatever level somebody's child is, really don't ever think that this child is not, is not struggling. I felt sick each time I read and everybody's like, oh, he's doing this, he's doing that. And then it comes down to even when he gets an opportunity to work with someone, my son somehow end up working alone, wants to work alone. Still get the work done, but he, may, he lets me know that that's, that's just something he does, but he doesn't want to do it. He wants to have friends, but he says, I really... I got to work on my social stuff. At this age, he's conscious of it. So I don't know which is worse, a child that really don't know that they don't have friends or a child that knows that he doesn't have any friends. So I don't want anyone to ever think that any part of this journey is better than any other part because I don't know how hurt a mother might be because her child doesn't understand and doesn't have any friends and she wish her child has friends. I feel the same way. And might be even worse because my son knows he doesn't have any close friends. He knows that he's different from his peers. He knows that his peers have friends. He knows that teenagers on the weekend go hanging out with their friends. He knows that. He knows for his birthdays and before now, you know, before the pandemic, we used to rent, like, the hotel for the weekend and we would rent, you know, and swimming and all of that stuff. There wasn't any friends from his school there. It was just us and maybe one or two of his cousins. So I just want everyone to understand, you know. We're different, but we're the same. I stay up at night and I worry 
You stay up at night and you worry. He's going to be in the 12th grade. And I see where where he can go to a two-year college. And if he finished and he wants to go on, I'll be here to support him, hopefully. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask, you know, I've been asking God to give me long life. But, you know, just to, you know, he's going to go to a two-year college. And I'm quite sure I'm still going to have to support him the way I do, that he's in high school, you know. Even if I don't understand what he's doing, because, you know, the older they get, the, some of his work that he's getting, I don't know how to do them. But I can always walk behind him and rub his, you know, rub his shoulder and say, you know, I'm proud of you, you know, and all of that stuff. But I want you all to understand that every parent of a child with autism Every one of us, every last one of us, have our own struggles. Your children might not be able to take public transportation. Mine does. But I'm sick to my stomach until I get that text that he said he's off the train. And I'm sick to my stomach until he, I get that text to wherever I have told him that he's, you know, he can go and eat there because it will be safe, it, but it is safe, and I give him extra money, and he buys breakfast, and he sits and he eats if he doesn't eat at home. I'm sick to my stomach when he texts me, and I'm at work, and he says, well, now, Mom, I'm heading off to school. I'm sick to my stomach because I'm worried about, I'm just worried about everything, you know? And then um, he texts me, and he said, I'm at school, and I'm relaxed but not totally relaxed. And then he texts me and he says, Mom, I'm going into school now. I love you. And then I text him back with my mushy love and love you more and all of that other stuff. And then I'm okay. You know, and then, you know, and then I get a text later on in the evening or the afternoon, what have you, and he says, I'm leaving school. My stomach is in a knot again. He's 16. He's going to be 17. I don't know how many 17-year-olds call text their parents so much. But we're both concerned, right? And he says, you know, I'm leaving school now. I'm sick to my stomach until he gets to the subway. And then when he gets to the subway, I'm sick to my stomach until he gets on the train. And then I'm just sick, sick, sick. My stomach is in a knot until I get a text that says, I'm home. Then I'm relaxed. Not because of him. I'm worried about someone picking a fight with him, someone hurting him, someone want to rob him of his phone, someone just want to hurt him. So the fact that some of our children are independent enough to go about their business doesn't mean that it's easy for the parents when we're not together. It doesn't mean... That is easy for that child either because I'm quite sure he, you know, he tells me that he hears arguments on the train or on the platform. He tells me it makes him nervous. You know, today he caught me and he texted me, and then I um, went and I left the room and I um, called him and he said, um, I don't know where I put my keys, but I could have sworn I bought, I bought them with me this morning, and he actually didn't bring his keys with him this morning, he left them in the house, and that's the first time he've ever done that, 
But I remind him of the place that I told him that is a safe place to sit. And because we talk about several different places for different circumstances or situations, he said, okay. And he was very okay with it. He was like nonchalant. You know, you know, it was like, okay, whatever. He was like, okay, mom, then I'll go here. And I said, yes. And I said, if you want, you can go get, a, you know, go get something to eat and sit there. And I said, if you want to use the bathroom, all you have to do is walk up and tell this person, can you um, get the keys if the bathroom needs a key or can you use the bathroom? And, he, and when I came home, I, he texted me and he said, are you home yet? And I said, you know, the car is right in front of the building. I'm getting out of the car. And he said, um, I'm, I saw him come out of the place and he was okay. And, um, and he said, well, I said, you know, you want to go run up to use the bathroom? And he says, no, I asked the lady and she was pretty nice. She, she let me use the bathroom. What I'm saying is keep in mind that every one of us are struggling with a different thing. But we all are struggling. I, you know, I will. I sometimes I write. I mean, I told you I'm in a couple of groups with um, parents with children with disability. You know, and I might write something sometimes, and you know, someone is like their response is really as if they're upset, and you know, I don't know what it is to have a child, any other child besides mine, because that's what I was, you know, that's what I birthed. So I don't know what it feels like to be a parent to any other child besides the child that I have. But can I empathize with other parents? Yes, and I do. Can I learn and I've learned? Yes, I have. But the thing is, I cannot, in all good faith, look at someone and say they don't have a struggle. Look at someone and say, well, they're better off than me. Look at someone and says, oh, well, at least he talks. Or any of these things. We all have our struggle. And as a community, we have to all band together as parents instead of looking at, where this child falls off and where this child continues. We can't do that. You know, we have to become more together. Okay, more together. School is, you know, we're in March. You're going to blink of an eye and it's going to be June. Some of our children might not be promoted and some of our children will be promoted. The whole point is we are all on a different journey, okay? We don't know. Some of our children need a little bit more time. Some of our children don't, but it's okay. At the same point, it doesn't mean that child is not struggling somewhere else. The same child that reads a book and get a 90 on a book report might be struggling socially, might be struggling emotionally, might be struggling to make their bed properly. 
you know, they make it, but it's not made properly. And you can't understand how could a child be, you know, on honor roll and can't make their bed. Or on honor roll and can't do simple tasks around the house. But they do very well in school. So I'm, what I'm really trying to say is, don't avoid parents because you might see how well their children present. I'm not saying their children are not doing well at home because my son does well at home. But the whole point is he's, he, he goes back and forth the same way your child might be in school and your child might need to get energy off and he stems. Mine does that to get energy off to go to sleep. Doesn't need to do it in the day. Doesn't really do it in school. But I hear him in the house when it's time, when he is trying to calm himself down because he's thinking too much of the homework, the school, all the obligations that he has to fulfill. I hear, and I just close my door and I just mind my business. I don't go out there and, and ask why, you know, or nothing. I just know that that's his moment with himself. So not because you as a parent might not see a child out there stemming, you know, you know, doing all the, you know, doing some of the things that your child might do. Not because you don't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't get done. Some of our children are at the point where they're conscious and they know how to stuff it in until they get home. You know, the same way as adults, some of us know that, okay, tonight I might need to drink a glass of wine for whatever reason. Some of us might need, tonight I need to really pray. Whatever you need to do when you're, in, you're overwhelmed. It's the same thing my son does. It's the same thing a lot of kids do. They're overwhelmed. And they might just stay quiet. And the minute they get home and they go into their room, if you walk by, you'll hear, you'll hear the same thing that you hear with your child that normally walks into a store and get, become overwhelmed. He's not screaming. He's not doing any of those things. But he's in there doing his thing to get his mind focused that he can go to sleep. See, my son doesn't do it in school. So you might not see it if you're a parent. My son won't do it in the store. My son will not do it in the restaurant. But at home, when he has a hard time getting to sleep because he said, you know, well, my mind is like all over the place. I'm thinking of so many different things. He runs back and forth in the house. He runs back and forth in the house. He stems just like your child. He sounds just like your child and your child and your child. The difference is he won't do it outside. So I want everyone to understand that the level of your child might be different than somebody else's children. When I say level, I mean maybe they're both nine and your child, my child, is not doing the things that a nine-year-old should do or could do or can do. Okay, so you might say, well, that child is more advanced in that area. 
and you start thinking, well, that child's mother has it better. But it's the same. It's the same. Your stress might be different. Your situation might be different. But it's the same. My child stems. Doesn't do it outside, but he does it here in the house. I hear him, but I close my door and I let him do what he has to do. I, the only difference is, I have the pleasure, or I should say the honor, of asking him how he feels after all of that. What he does it for, what it does for his body. And he'll let me know it releases an energy that is there that I'm unable to sleep because that energy is there. So he said, by me running, by me humming, making those humming sounds, it calms my mind and my brain and my body down. That's the only difference that I would say a child that might be a little bit more advanced, that's the only difference that they may have or at least I know my son has for 100% sure, is the fact that he can explain these things to me. The fact that, why are you running so much? If you're tired, why don't you lay down? He said, but I can't sleep. My mind has so many different things that I'm thinking of. I just can't. I just can't. I can't. My body is just everything. I, I, I feel like I have a bunch of energy, and, and I can't lay down with all of this energy. Now... That might be the difference between your child and mine, but my child also stands. Might not do it outside for anyone to see, but he does the same. So even though he might not exhibit certain behaviors and he can do well in school, he keeps it home. That's still stress for him. But the difference is he knows where he can let off his stress and how to do it. That's the only difference. So when you see... A child, regardless of whatever that child is, has accomplished or is trying to accomplish, I am going to let you know the only difference between, I'm going to use myself, myself and my son, I'm going to say myself, the only difference between us as parents that you might have a child that might not be able to tell you something, the only difference is if I see my son do something. And I always tell him, don't be embarrassed or, you know, whatever. Don't be embarrassed if you, you know, if I walk in on him by, you know, or get out of my room and I didn't know that he's in the living room doing whatever, you know, running, you know, just jumping, whatever. If I should walk in and he stops and I will ask, what are you doing? You know, why are you jumping, bouncing, whatever. And he has told me, he said, you know, I said, if you're that tired, why don't you just lay down? He said, I can't. Too much energy in my body, I can't. Too much energy, in, you know, my mind is not, my mind is not as tired as my body. That's what my son tells me. My mind is not as tired as my body, so I'm trying to tire out my body. So this is why I'm jumping. This is why I'm running. This is why I'm doing the humming. This is why I'm doing everything because I'm trying to quiet down my mind. That my thinking can become as tired as my body and I can lay down and go to sleep. So I want you to understand that whatever level your children are or your child is, 
and you look at a, let's say for example, a mom like me, don't think that my child has the world by its tail because of how my child presents. My child still gets stressed with the world and my child still releases his stress the way your child does, but he just does it in a different way. So we are a community and we need to understand that everyone in this community are at some point very similar and yet different. I hope you all understood what I was trying to explain from the beginning of the podcast to the present. Every parent worries. Every parent is very concerned. Every parent, at some point, we cry. And sometimes we can't even cry. Sometimes we get a tear, one tear from one eye, and that's it because whatever it is that's on our mind is so hard that we can't even cry because we have, you know, we've, we are cried out. You know, it's just your heart is crying. You're not physically crying anymore. So as parents, we've all felt this way. And I just felt fitting to talk to you about that because I got some response from a particular um, post that I had put in one of my group, and it was as if, you know, I shouldn't really talk about how well my son is doing, and I found that offensive because why should I be embarrassed or why should I be ashamed because my child has fought and now he's at a place where he have achieved something. We all need to understand that each person on this spectrum struggles. And every parent, regardless of where our children is, we struggle too. My son is so trusting. My son has never been in a physical fight all his life. Never. I am so concerned. You think, you think my son, you think I don't worry about if someone wants to take my son's phone and my son try to hold on to the phone and explain that he needs it, that this person, God forbid, wouldn't fight my son. All of us are concerned. Our concern might be different, but I really hope that after I end this podcast and whoever is listening to it, I hope you understand, if you don't already understand, if there's any parent that you might have been avoiding, whether that child has a disability or not, because every child, even if they don't have a disability, they struggle in their own way. We don't know what goes on in people's home. We don't. So we know that every parent struggles in some form or way. It's just that we might struggle differently. Don't avoid any parent, whether their child can't talk or their child talk like a professor. Okay? 
try to know that parent before we start thinking or judging that this parent is this way or that child is that way because we don't know. You can never know how someone is or will be unless you get to know them, right? So I'm going to end this podcast right here and I'm going to say we are a community, right? And in order to stay a community and to get support, And to give support, we have to be a together community, okay? So good night. Sending you love and hugs. Take care of yourself. Take care of your household. Good night.